worship you. We honor you. And everybody said, amen. Falling in love with Jesus all over again. If you are a woman, no matter what age, I invite you to come out, bring a friend tomorrow, because we are going to fall in love with Jesus again. Amen. I got one person that's going to fall in love with Jesus with me. But it's okay, I'll go there. <laughs> We're going to take a look tonight at the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And you know, if you turn, want to follow, follow me, you can turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 13, 14. We're going to be reading from the New American Standard Bible tonight. And oftentimes in Scripture, this is um, one of the verses that's overlooked because it's how um, the apostle, how, the, um, how he closes out the book. Oftentimes, the way books are opened, the way books are closed, people just read really quickly past them and, and kind of don't look at them too much. But this is a very powerful um, verse in Scripture. And it says here, it says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And why we want to take a look at this tonight is it's so important for you and I to, to take a hold of all of who the Trinity is, all of who, who God our Father is, all of who Jesus Christ is, and all of who the Holy Spirit is for us. It's not just, you know, if, if it was all about us um, just being saved and that was the end of the story, we'd get born again and raptured up to heaven and that would be the end of it. But, but we get to, to stay here on this earth to go through the sanctification process and to get to know our God, to get to know him. And, and, and here, um, the writer gives us a, a brief glimpse into who the person of Jesus is, who God is, and, and the personality um, and provision of the Holy Spirit. And so we see all throughout Scripture, now I've got a whole lot of, I'm hot up here, this mic. Okay. Um, all throughout Scripture, sorry you guys, it's that, what, how it sounds out there is not always how it sounds up here. <laughs> but we see throughout Scripture lots of glimpses of, of who, who this is as God and as Jesus and as the Holy Spirit. And if you haven't ever done this, I want to urge you, especially after tonight, go and begin a study of your own and your own devotion life. And just begin to look up the character of God. Look up the names of God. Begin to study who God is um, and get to know God. And then when you finish that, it might take a couple of months or a year or so. When you finish with that, do a study on who Jesus is and the names of Christ and the character traits of Christ and, and what the Scripture says about him and, and get to know him and, and fall in love with him again. And, and after a couple of months or another year of that, start with the Holy Spirit. Because the reality is you and I will spend the rest of eternity getting to know them. And so where you and I are in our relationship with him, as we begin to dive into scripture and look at their person, we will always forever be learning more. Always, be ever, be, always and ever be seeing more of their beauty, more of their nature, understanding who they are and, and their provision in each of their characteristics for our life. Amen? So the first part we look here is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the word grace in the Greek is charis, C-H-A-R-I-S. And, and that word charis in the English, we get the word charisma. Now, 
to the natural man, you know, what we think of charisma is some really vibrant, outspoken, charismatic kind of person. Um, but the, the literal meaning of it is for charisma is a gift of grace. It's the gift of grace. And, and you know, think about the last time you received an unexpected gift. When someone buys us a gift, genuinely, they usually go to a store, they, they, they think about us, they go to a store, they pick out the gift specifically for you or I, according to what they think that we're going to like and what they think we need and, and what we want. And then they're going to go and they're going to wrap it, and they're going to put a pretty little bow on it, and they're going to come and they're going to deliver it to us, and we're going to be like, what? It's something cool! You know, like, no matter who we are, we get excited because someone thought about us. It's an unexpected um, pleasure, you know, to know that we're loved, that we're cared for, that all of a sudden out of the blue, whether, you know, even, even a birthday, even a Christmas, you know, when people begin to think about us and go out of their way to give us a gift, it blesses our heart. It's something that, that we weren't expecting most of the time, and, and it becomes a blessing. And so the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is the gift to you or I, a gift, an unmerited gift that you and I don't deserve, yet he still gave. That's the person of Christ, that Christ came beyond anything you or I could ever do or be. He knew our filth. He knew, he knew that the destitute um, reality of fallen man, but the gift of Christ was himself, that he came that you and I might have life. And so I've got a quote for you from the book. I'm not sure if they're going to put it on the screen or not. Um, but if you have your books with you, it's on page 122, um, towards the bottom paragraph. I'll give you a second to turn there. It looks like several of you have the book. And it says, Jesus comes to this earth, and he makes prostitutes into holy women of God and pimps into gentlemen. He changes man's nature. Someone who is irresponsible becomes someone responsible. He enters another's life who was once destroyed by poverty, and he brings productivity into that person's life. It is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that does that. The grace of our God brings healing and emotional stability and favor. Jesus came to every one of us when our lives were a mess to one degree or another. His grace came not because we deserve it, but because he loves us. Grace is unmerited favor, making something that was once ugly into something beautiful. This is what Jesus has done. And so when we look at Jesus, we see a picture of grace, a picture that, that he came and made beauty out of ashes. Amen. And then, and, and again, this is just quick because we're, we're, we're getting through um, for the Holy Spirit um, to take a picture of him. But we'll talk a whole lot more on Jesus tomorrow night. But it says the Heavenly Father. In 2 Corinthians 13, 14, first, the grace of the Lord Jesus, now the love of God. And our Heavenly Father is a picture of love. In 1 John 4, 16, we see that God is love. 
Now this is hard for many people today because the reality is that unfortunately a lot of our homes are fatherless. A lot of our homes don't have um, a godly men around them. Um, and so for the people without having godly men in the homes, it's hard to picture the God the Father as perfect love, but he is. And the more that we begin to look at him through scripture, the more that we begin to understand his fatherhood and his nature, we begin to understand what love really is. And so looking in the book again for a quote, we're on page 123, and it says, God has revealed himself to us. Everything about the heavenly father and his creation speaks to us about his wonderful love. Now, when you drive through the valley around here, and you don't see the love of God, we have blinders on. You know, even creation itself speaks to us about the wonderful love of God. When God created man, he created him in his own image. Genesis 1.26 says, let us make man in our image. What God was saying was, let us, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make man in our image. God wanted to create man in his image because he was creating someone with whom he could communicate and love. He created you and I in a way that he could, he could display his love. There's a song by Misty Edwards um, that talks about that, that we were created. God created us to have a lover. He created us that, that, that his love could be expressed in man. He created you and I in our hearts for the pure joy of love, love to, for, for him to us and then us back to him. And, and so when we think of God, we think, we begin to think love. The way that you and I were created, the need inside of ourselves that every one of us have to be loved, to be accepted, to be valued, to, to, to have someone look at us and, and know that we're there, that we're not alone. Every one of us has that, that in us and that comes from, from our need, the way that you and I are created to need the love of the Father to need that intimacy, to need that place of fellowship. And so, you know, oftentimes in modern society, that, that, that sense of need for love is often masked by someone come and think I'm beautiful. Someone come and think I'm handsome. Let me find someone to date. Let me find someone to marry. And that's all in God's game plan, right? The Bible says that that woman was, the woman's desires for her husband. But the bigger, the bigger part of the whole, the bigger reality is that you and I were created to know the love of the Father. And as you and I begin to know the love of the Father, our marriages are a pure re reflection of the church, of, of God's love for us. That becomes the, the dis another display of the created love of God for you and I. Amen? Now, we're going to move on and talk a little bit more about the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And that word fellowship, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, Paul's writing and he, he wants you and I to know about the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. That word fellowship is the word koinonia, and it means a fellowship, a communion, a partnership. He wants us to know what it is to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit, communion, and partnership. And as we do that, all of that begins to overflow what? Into our relationship with the body of Christ. 
Because the, the Holy Spirit brings a fellowship with Father and Son. It brings a fellowship with you and I. As you and I are united in Christ, as we are a part of the body of Christ, the Holy Spirit begins to knit us together in Him through koinonia. Now, the word fellowship here in, in koinonia means an intimate friendship. A place of intimacy. Now I'll use Zach and I as an example. When Zach and I first met, we hit it off pretty good. We had similar personalities, lots of the same interests, lots of the same experience, and so we were friends. Um, but was there any type of intimacy? And I'm not talking um, a sexual intimacy. I'm talking a, a emotional intimacy, mental intimacy. I'm talking spiritual intimacy. There was none. We couldn't go there. I really didn't know him and he didn't know me. We didn't understand that part of each other yet. But as time went on, we began to understand what makes the other one tick, right? What makes the other one get up in the morning? We began to understand what was going to happen next and what their desires were and what their goals really were in life. And, and we began to, to um, our fellowship um, became one of intimacy, one of, of hearts knit together in him. And that's what it is with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, as you and I partner up with the Holy Spirit, as you and I um, have an intimate friendship with him, it's time spent. It's time spent getting to know him. Time spent letting him into the deep recesses of our being and have a place of intimacy. Because, you know, there are things that Zach could have done, not that he would ever do anything to irritate me. Back when we first met, that I would have had a lot to say about, right? Because I didn't know him that well. And, and so what's wrong with you? But the more that I get to know him, Right? The more that I've gotten to know him, to love him, to truly understand who he is and, and what makes him tick, he can do the same thing that he might have done nine years ago when I first met him, and it's not really any big deal. I understand his heart. I understand his heart. I get his moods. I get, I get what's happening with him. No big deal. Love him anyway. Women, when we first met our spouses, what did we do? We worried about what we were going to wear, which perfume, our shoes. We probably wore a little bit more heels than flats. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? You really worried about it. And as time went on, we still care what we look like, but it's not that big of a deal because they, we know that he, they love us. We know that they accept us for who we are. And that's how it is with the intimacy with the Holy Spirit is the more that we go to him, the more that we go to him and say, you know what, Holy Spirit, I don't understand this. I don't understand how I'm in this situation again. You know, I really don't get what's happening, and I'm mad. And the first time you or I go to God, come on, and say that, we're scared or we're timid. We're like, oh, my gosh, fire's coming down from heaven, right? But the longer we spend in a relationship with him, the more intimacy we have with him, we already know he knows our little sassy side. The more we know that he knows that, you know what, I just blew my temper. Or I just had a bad attitude. I just cut that person off. And we're not quite so afraid to come and ask for forgiveness because we know that he loves us. Because we have an experience with him. That's what we're talking about with fellowship of the Holy Spirit. The more intimate we are with him, the more that we know and understand his love for us, his acceptance of us, we're not going to run and try to hide. You know, Adam and Eve in the garden, when they ate of the tree that they weren't supposed to, what happened? God came and said, hey, where are you? They were hiding from God. You and I know that we don't need to go hide from God because of our intimacy with him. 
He loves and accepts us just as we are. <coughs> you know, I was meeting with someone this week and, and going over um, prayer life and devotion life and, and, and how to pursue more of him. How many of you know sometimes we need to be walked down? How do I pursue more of him? And so um, at the more that I began to talk about ideas for their devotion life, the more that I realized, wow, we're going to break through some walls here. That, 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 that emotionally, this person needs to know that they are loved and they are accepted. And that not because of who they are, but because of who Christ is in them, you and I have a right to bring everything to the Father. And as we began to walk down some of the things that were going on in their life and how to pray about it, it was, the, it was as if blinders came off that the mounts, the volcano erupted. I mean, uh, fire started shooting out from heaven. Something major happened because it was never an option before. And what you and I need to do and we need to be able to disciple others in is this fellowship, this intimate friendship that's provided for us. It's offered to us by the blood of the Lamb. We're now in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And it's off, that intimacy is offered to us. And we need to begin to learn how to walk through intimacy, how to each one of us go deeper. You know, one of the big things that, that we'll, we'll always talk about is turning the receivers on. You or I, doesn't matter if you've been saved 70 years or seven days, you and I have something to learn and something to grow in. And so you and I always have to be in this place of receiving from God and learning from God. And that's that place of, of intimacy with him, of friendship with him, that we're open and willing to walk with him, that we might grow closer to him all the days of our life. In a marriage, you know, Zach and I will celebrate five years um, in January. Um, and many of you have been married a whole lot longer than that. But, you know, in marriage, you can't stop loving them after I do and stop spending time with them and stop dating them and stop talking to them. And it, because if you do, you're not going to make it to the 5, 10, 20, 30, 40 year mark. Amen. Well, how much more with our relationship with God if we don't continue talking to him? spending time with him, getting to know him, letting him get to know us in every season of life. Because at some point along the way, it's, not, it's going to be a one-sided relationship. And you and I don't want that. Amen? Now we're going to talk about partnership, the partnership side of koinonia. And that's each member doing its part for the profit of the business or the profit of the partnership. The Holy Spirit has partnered with Father God and with Jesus, right? And his job is to lead us and to, to point us to Jesus, right? The Holy Spirit's never going to not glorify Christ. It's going to always point us to Christ. That's part of his job. And so as you and I begin to get in partnership with him, it's no longer I that lives, but Christ in me, the hope of glory. You know, and I think about it in this. Zach and I both have very different spiritual gifts, very different natural giftings. Some of them are very similar, but we're totally different people. And the awesome thing is not, we're not only married and we're not only one, but because of our spiritual life, because we're both born again, we not only have a natural partnership, but now we have a supernatural partnership. 
And as we enter that supernatural partnership together, all of a sudden our giftings begin to work together, begin to begin to synergize, if you will, for the glory of God to, to, to have his kingdom done on this earth. And then if you want to take that a little bit further and go with our staff, our staff has a lot of different giftings. And because of our partnership, our agreement together, not just on paper, but because of a body of believers that are born again as we partner together and we knit all of our different giftings in Christ together, we come together and provide a supernatural ministry here that re the reality of it is there's not enough time or people to make happen what happens here. Oh my word. But because there's a partnership, a fellowship in the spirit that we have individually with him and together in the natural, it allows us to partner together to accomplish something for the profit and the benefit of the kingdom of God. Amen? And that's the partnership the Holy Spirit has. And so as each one of us, the more that we, the closer that God, that Zach and I individually draw to God, the closer we draw together in our marriage, the closer we draw together and are knit together in ministry. You know, that's why we can look at each other at the altar. It's a very interesting thing to minister at the altar together. But can just look at each other and know and understand. The other day he was up here praying for someone and I'm sitting down and I'm just like, this is good stuff. And he's up here, it's Sunday night, and he's up here praying for someone. And I just looked at him. I was like, oh, he's going to need me. And I got up and started walking. And right as I get about right here, he turns to Joe and says, where's Heather? <laughs> and I knew what he was going to say, and I almost just did like this. Like, don't worry about it. But I thought, no, I'm going to just let you yeah, It's all good. But, but what happens, why? It, 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 there's a koinonia that takes place. The closer that we draw to God individually, the closer that we draw to God as a couple, the closer that we draw to God individually, the closer that all of us draw together as a body of Christ, as the family of God, that our hearts are knit together. You know, Sunday night, can, can we not say that that was a supernatural time of fellowship in Christ? Amen? And, and as we were all here, you know, worshiping in spirit and truth, and we, we were beginning, we were joined together in the heavens. And, and if you weren't, you know, and there's going to be more that happens and whatnot. So if you weren't here, it's all right. So it's, it's okay. But you can't replicate what happened. And, and, and our hearts, the, the people that were here that were experiencing it, our hearts are knit, forever knit together in him from that night and, and what we experienced and the preciousness of the Holy Spirit of that night. And so the more that individually we continue to experience that, the more that we'll continue to experience it together corporately, and the more that, that we grow in the fellowship with him in that way, the more our hearts are knit together in unity, the more our hearts are knit together in unity, the more that we're able to accomplish for the kingdom. And the more that our hearts are knit together and the more that we accomplish for the kingdom, what happens? Revival. That's revival. To get a body of people together that are knit together in unison, that is the Holy Ghost. That is supernatural. That is revival. And then as we go out and impact the community, even better. Amen? Um, so the Holy Spirit wants to partner in our life. There's this great quote by Catherine Coleman. I'm sure Grace can quote it. And it says that God, he doesn't need golden vessels. He doesn't need silver vessels. He just needs yielded vessels. And so will you yield to the partnership 
of the Holy Spirit in your life. On page 127 of Holy Spirit, the Promised One, Pastor Frank says that we are totally dependent on Him to see His work accomplished. We are dependent on His grace, His love, His wisdom, His power, His provision, and His giftings. We need Him for everything. The miracle is that He humbles Himself to work with us. What an incredible honor to be partners with God as we enter into this partnership. There are no limitations to what can be accomplished. All things are possible with God. Woohoo! The last part of this koinonia word I want to take a look at tonight, and we, we spent all last week talking about it, is communication. Through, through the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, we get a place of intimacy, we get a place of partnership, and we, we, get, we get the communication. John 15, 26 says that when the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of truth comes, He will testify about me. And so the Holy Spirit of truth, meaning that He is going to come and bring and awaken you and I to the Word of God. That which we used to read over and, 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 and even maybe read over last week, all of a sudden, the, as we continue to pursue fellowship with him, as we invite him into our um, devotion time, I mean, sometimes I know you read your devotion and you run out the door and you go, what did I just read? But for the most part, as, as, as Pentecostals, as Spirit-filled believers, when we open that word of God, we say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come, I want to see Christ jump out of these pages today. And as we begin to look at that Word of God, and we begin to, to read it and to study it for ourselves, the Spirit of truth comes, and He opens our eyes to the beauty of the Word of God. He opens our eyes to the beauty that Christ came and set us free. That when we begin to sing about the name of Jesus, it's not just some song, oh Jesus, Jesus. All of a sudden, when we say Jesus, the Spirit of truth comes and reminds us who Jesus is. That Jesus went to the cross with you and I on his mind. That, our hand, that on his hands are imprinted our names for all of eternity. That, that Christ is our deliverer. That Christ is our redeemer. That Christ is our sanctifier. The Holy Spirit will always point us to him and bring these truths. That we don't have to live in destitute, destitute anymore. We don't have to live in desperation anymore. We don't have to live in poverty anymore. We don't have to live in confusion or depression. We don't have to live in the blame game anymore. We get to live delivered, set free. So when you wake up and you decide today's going to be an angry pity party day, woe is me, I have a right to be upset, as you fellowship and you partner with the Holy Spirit, boom, all of a sudden, a moment of time, you might slam that door and here he comes. Oh, but while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, while we were yet sinners. And then you feel about this big. <laughs> You're like, yeah. Did I really have to do Did I really have to yell at the lady in the drive-thru because she got my Starbucks wrong? <laughs> yeah. The Holy Spirit comes, the Spirit of truth, and he begins to guide us in it all. The Spirit of truth. You don't have to worry about being some whacked out spirit-filled believer because now you're all about the Holy Spirit because the spirit of truth is going to glorify Christ and the spirit of truth is going to open up the word of God and as you and I read our Bibles all of a sudden when we're in the middle of worship and we're in the middle of dancing and we're in the middle of praying for people and we're in the middle of casting out demons what happens 
Spirit of truth is on the scene as we're in fellowship with him, as we're in partnership with him, and he brings and reveals the word of truth to us. The, the true worshipers will what? Will worship in spirit and in truth. Because as we partner with the Holy Ghost, he always guides us in the truth. Amen? Nothing to be scary about about that. Amen? Let's see. So he testifies of Jesus. He draws us to Christ and leads us in the word of truth. You know, as we're, we go in closing, Grace, y'all can go ahead and come on up. Zach made reference to this earlier. That the, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is the heavenly ministry of Jesus. John the Baptist came and he had a twofold mission. One, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And the second one was that he will baptize with fire. Jesus sits in the heavens today. And he makes intercession for you and I. And he baptizes in the Holy Spirit. That's his whole job. He is constantly ministering to the Father on our behalf. And he is constantly pouring out himself. He said, I'll send you another helper. That's another one, just like the first one. We're going to get to that soon. And I'm going to send you another just like me. I don't want you to be alone. I want you to have everything available to you to live the life that I provided by my blood. That's the heavenly ministry of Jesus. So the Holy Spirit is Christ. It's the love of God poured out in our hearts. And it's, the, it's, it's, it's a picture of Christ. Another one just like the first one. Another one just like me. Everything Christ did. Who Christ was, he sent us another helper just like himself to guide us in spirit and in truth until his coming. Amen. So what I want to do in closing tonight, I'm going to ask you all to stand. And I'm going to ask all of you to join me around the front in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. In koinonia, in an intimate partnership that you and I would worship together, that you and I would welcome him together, that you and I would just enjoy what he's provided for us, that through his blood, you and I are brothers, we're sisters in Christ, we're the family of God. And let's begin to together to, to, to enter in and to allow him to knit our hearts together as we worship him. So I want you to invite you to begin to come now, come on up front. Kiddos, y'all can come too. And we're just going to worship together. We're going to let God have his perfect way. Fellowship with him and fellowship with one another.